Hello there, my name is Danny Yeoman, wild bird expert for Pets Corner and developer of Peter and Paul Bird Foods. Welcome to the next of a number of podcasts detailing some of the amazing birds that we see and feed in our gardens. Each month we'll be looking at a different bird and this month we'll be looking at the beautiful and ever feisty great tit. You see and hear a lot from great tits in your garden. Their bold in colour, markings and spirit. They broadcast running commentaries on their moods and intentions. They can be aggressive and amorous, and they are forever showing off their acrobatic skill on your garden feeder, especially if it's full of Peter and Paul bird food. In a birdie bird world, the inquisitive great tit is better equipped than most of its rivals to finish near the front of a race for food and nesting space. If you watch a great tit closely as it goes about its business in your garden, and fortunately its yellow breast and black and white head make it easy to follow, you start to appreciate just how smart and ingenious it is. As it scours a tree for insects to eat, it checks the underside of leaves for the shadows of caterpillars, which is a clever way of spotting them as they are normally green and well camouflaged against the foliage. To save time, it taps an acorn with its beak to assess whether it sounds hollow and is worth opening for the grub inside. The great tit's never-ending quest for food reaches fever pitch when chicks come along in May and June. If you stand anywhere near a nest box occupied by a family of young great tits, and you soon learn that parent great tits assess the hunger of their chicks on how noisily they demand to be fed and fetch enough provisions to silence the rumpus. The arrival of a family should be time to coincide with the hatching of millions of pesky leaf-nibbling caterpillars. Parent great tits couldn't keep up with the insatiable appetites of their large families unless there was ample supply of protein-rich food nearby. Although in recent years there have been signs that climate change is pushing the two breeding cycles out of sync. So feeding in our gardens high protein rich foods like dry or live mealworms and good quality specialist mixes like Peter and Paul mealworm mix is becoming increasingly more important. When the weather becomes cooler, the day shorter and insects scarcer, great tits start eating more seeds and nuts. They also visit bird tables and hanging bird feeders more often where they have a reputation for bullying blue tits and other small birds out of their fair share of the ration. A great tit simply barges in and makes off with the best tit bits, so you should make sure you increase during the harsher winter months both the number of feeders you have in your garden and also the amount of good quality high energy foods. Foods like Peter and Paul clean plate. The great tit is the largest of the tits living in the UK. It's green and yellow with a striking glossy black head with white cheeks. It has a moss green back, blue-grey wings with white wing bars and a broad black stripe down its breast. The legs are blue-grey and the bill is black. One way of telling males and female great tits apart is to look at the bird's black belly stripe. The male's is wider and extends right down between its legs. In fact, as far as the females are concerned, the wider the belly stripe, the better. Males with the widest belly stripes appear to make better providers for their families. The female has a fine broken grey belly stripe, which stops short of the legs. 
Although great tits are very common garden birds, there can be some confusion over their identification when compared to the other two garden tit species, the blue and coal tit. The blue tit, on contrast to the great tit, is noticeably smaller. It also has a base colour of white in its head, with blue patch on the top of its head and black stripe through the eye. While it has the yellow belly like the great tit, there is typically no black stripe down it. The coal tit has a black head with white cheeks, like the great tit, but typically the blue wings are absent, and furthermore the breast is more of a straw colour rather than a vibrant yellow. The basic song of a great tit is easy to learn. You'll hear them singing two notes over and over again, almost if they're saying teacher. Seems easy, but when you consider the fact that in a single great tit population, there'd be on average of 40 different song types used throughout the year, listening out for them becomes a little bit trickier. Each male has an average of four song types, which can be sung at three different tempos. It's thought that this might give the impression that the territory is more densely occupied and as a consequence discourages competition. Great tits with larger vocabularies are more likely to be dominant and breed successfully. It's said amongst bird watchers that if you don't recognise a bird call, it's likely to be a great tit.
Great tits will nest in a hole of a tree or wall, or among the twigs of old nests. The nest is constructed by the female alone, and she begins the nest by building a substantial base of moss, with the addition of some grass and other plant fibre. The nest cup is then added, lined with fur, wool, hair or other soft materials, and it's into this that the eggs will be deposited. Once egg laying begins, the female will produce between 7 and 15 eggs, which weighs between 1.3 and 2.3 grams. That represents roughly 10% of a female's body weight, so the complete clutch will weigh more than she does. Each great tit chick weighs roughly 1.5 grams at hatching. By the time that chick fledges, it will weigh anywhere between 16 and 26 grams. A staggering increase, given that it takes place over just a three-week period. The amount of food needed to fuel this growth is equally staggering, with in excess of 10,000 caterpillars delivered to a typical brood within that three-week period, if raised in mature oak woodland. Caterpillars dominate the diet, contributing some 60-95% to 95% of the typical diet, depending on habitat. As you might imagine, those great tits breeding in suitable broadleaf woodland have a greater access to caterpillars than those nesting in most gardens, which is why garden breeding great tits are often less successful than their woodland counterparts. Caterpillars are not equally abundant throughout the year. In fact, there is a short period over which caterpillars are super abundant, and as you might expect, great tits do better if they can match the period of peak demand for their growing chicks with the pulse of caterpillars. BTO Nest Record Scheme data shows that great tits are laying their eggs an average of 8 days earlier than they did in the 1960s, in response to warmer springs. Caterpillars are also emerging earlier, but the date on which they do so is influenced by temperatures experienced after the birds have already produced their clutch of eggs. By this time, there is very little a great tit can do to advance hatching further, so chicks may be produced after the caterpillars have already pupated, resulting in reduced growth rates and even starvation. This mismatch may cause problems if caterpillars continue to merge earlier with climate change. This is another reason why continued study of this seemingly familiar bird is so important. Great tits have prospered from people's increased appreciation for garden wildlife. Like blue and cold tits, great tits are fond of small insects and huge numbers of caterpillars and aphids, helping us to maintain a healthy garden without the use of chemicals. Given the chance though, they will munch their way through a great variety of nuts and seeds. Top favourites being Peter and Paul Four Seasons and Peter and Paul Vivicolor. During the winter though, where the race for high energy food reaches a peak, Peter and Paul Clean Plate and Peter and Paul Suet products are best. Peter and Paul Bird Foods are the UK's first bird food mix made with no compromise. There is no other commercial mix available with the uncompromising quality of Peter and Paul. Free from wheat and other fillers, they're guaranteed to attract the greatest abundance and diversity of birds to your garden. Peter and Paul seed mixes have been blended with Nutravio, a unique natural seed coating that is a digestible energy source, which inhibits bacterial growth. This can help prevent birds from picking up common bugs, including Salmonella and E. coli. 
Many other seed mixes available contain filler seeds and other ingredients that many of their favourite garden birds just won't eat. As much as 60-70% of a bag of bird seed can contain these filler seeds, they will end up uneaten and wasted on the ground, where it's likely to rot, germinate or potentially attract garden pests like mice and rats. You'll not find any of these fillers in a bag of Peter and Paul. Great tits will happily visit bird tables to supplement their diet, but they also show enthusiasm for hanging bird feeders, although they fail to match the blue tit's acrobatic panache. The popularity of providing garden nest boxes has also aided the great tit. Where once small holes in trees served a purpose, great tits have discovered an increased supply of tit boxes, i.e. boxes that have a hole instead of being open-fronted, very much to their liking. If positioned well, at or above head height and amongst cover, the box could play host to a great tit family during April and May. Now I think of the great tit as very much a UK garden bird. However, it is actually the most widespread of all tit species. It is found as far away as Japan, Indonesia and North Africa. They aren't all the same as our great tits though, as there are 14 recognised subspecies throughout its range. Great tits are resident and generally stay very close to where they were born, though birds that are bred in upland areas do move to lowland areas for the winter. Many garden birds such as the house sparrow, starling and song thrush have declined dramatically over the last quarter of a century. But during that time, the UK population of great tit, among with other tit species, has increased steadily. But according to BTO figures, the number of young raised per nest has not changed significantly. In fact, in some areas, and in some seasons, it has fallen. And as I mentioned earlier, great tits rely heavily upon the crop of caterpillars emerging at the same time as feeding their young, and as a result, great tits are now laying their eggs earlier than ever before. But with varying weather conditions in spring and early summer, there's often a mismatch in timings of great tit young and the greatest abundance of caterpillars. Ironically, it may also be climate change which is helping great tits, as generally we have experienced milder winters in Britain recently than we did back in the 1960s, so more birds are surviving to breed the following year. This is one reason why the population of great tits has increased. The other key factor is the support that they receive in our gardens. Both the provision of food in gardens and the availability of nest boxes is having a positive impact. Without them, it seems likely that great tits and other such birds would be declining. So it's vital that we continue to support our garden birds, and that is where Peter and Paul Wild Bird Foods come in. For more information regarding Peter and Paul Wild Bird Foods, please check out the Peter and Paul website at www.peter-and-paul.com or pop into one of our wonderful Pets Corner stores and the nearest store to you can be found on the Pets Corner website at www.petscorner.co.uk Well that's it from me, I hope you've enjoyed it. For further birds please continue to check out the stream and I'd look forward to speaking to you soon.